0: Hello, everyone. My name is Mike Decker, and thank you for tuning in today. We are shooting this broadcast from my living room here in Costa Mesa, California, which is in Southern California. Uh, 20 miles north of of us is Disneyland, probably not even 20 miles, 20 minutes. Uh, San Diego is about 100 miles south of us, to sort of give you a context of where I'm coming to you from. But wherever you might be today, wherever you might be tuning in from, I'm just super glad that you've joined me. We're in this series called Words, W-O-R-D-S, Words. And so there are two words that I invite you to chew on today in our conversation. So if you're taking notes, whether it be in paper or, you know, in digital form on the Palm Harvest app, write this down. Word number 1 is the word here. H E A R here. R H E A R here, right? And the second word is the word voice. V O I C E voice. voice. Here and voice. Now the title of my talk today is this. My voice matters. So I want you to personalize this conversation today because your voice matters, my voice matters, our voice matters, but personalize it by saying to yourself, my voice matters. You know, this past week, I suspect that many of you, like myself, have been glued really to the television and various social media outlets as I've watched this ongoing narrative that is capturing our nation's attention as a result of the death of George Floyd last week in Minneapolis. You know, as I have watched people put their emotions into actions, people all across the nation, you know, they have converged on our our local city streets through marches and protests, all in this desire and effort to, to sort of voice their feelings. You know, last weekend, for those of you who tuned in, we talked a little bit about the, this truth that, that pain often has a backstory. Pain often has a backstory. And have you found yourself sort of interpreting maybe the events of this past week as it has unfolded across our nation through that statement? Pain has a backstory. I hope you have. You know, while I have watched the emotions of of people being displayed and showcased in various forms, whether it be through prayer vigils or city street marching, you know, as I have viewed along with many of you the images of our police and our fire and our military personnel trying to soften the anger of people, which is clearly evident through the storefront vandalizing and merchandise looting. You know, as I've watched young people and I've seen scenes where where people have put graffiti and sort of desecrated some of our nation's most cherished landmarks, I have been reminded again, and maybe you have too, of how desperately and deeply people are hurting, yes? And really, for me, it has reinforced this reality that our nation, church, our nation is desperately in need of God's healing touch. You know, I don't know where you might be today as you're tuning in, whether it be visually or audio, through audio. I don't know what kind of emotions you might feeling, whether you're angry or sad or feeling a little bewildered or possibly frustrated. But what I do know, based upon my own personal experience, and what I want to invite you to consider today, and perhaps even choose to believe today, based upon what the Bible teaches, is the truth that Jesus hears our voice. In fact, that's the big idea for our conversation today. So again, whether you're writing, taking notes, or just simmering it in your mind, I want you to Think about this truth that Jesus hears my voice. Jesus tunes his ears to your, my voice. Why? Because my voice matters. Now, if you have a Bible uh, with you or close by today, whether in paper form or, or digital on your app or you know, your iPad or whatever the case may be, I wanna invite you to turn to the, a book in the Bible in the New Testament called Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Mark is the second book in the New Testament portion of our Bibles. There's the Old Testament and then there's the New Testament. Last week we were in Mark chapter five. Today we're gonna to be in Mark chapter 10. And once you find Mark 10, I want you to scroll down to verse 46 where today we are going to unpack this story and this big idea that Jesus hears our voice. So Mark chapter 10, I put, invite you to put your finger on verse 46. And before we read together, would you join me for a short prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, We gather today together all across this nation to tune in to your word and hopefully, Father, to gain direction and stability and maybe even to recalibrate ourselves just a little bit from what you have to say. Father, as I have pressed into this story all week long, you have given me hope and my prayer today is that as i strive to articulate the lessons that you have impressed upon my heart god that you would also give those tuning in hope as well and so we come to you father today with an open hand an open heart an open mind and asking that you would unleash your holy spirit to speak to each one of us in this text. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things and everybody said, amen. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 10, look at verse 46. Picture the scene in your mind. Then they reached Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Barnabas threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, write this down. Write these two words down, and they are cry out. Cry out. Friends, the Bible writer describes for us the scene where Jesus and his disciples are traveling. You know, as many of you probably know, as it was customary in in Jesus's day that whenever a religious teacher would venture sort of from, from place to place, his followers would walk along with him. The teacher would teach, the teacher would mentor, and the students, so to speak, would just kind of soak it all in. Well, on this particular occasion, we can read how Jesus, along with his disciples, are, are, are making their way through this town of, called Jericho. And on their way out of town, Jesus, we're told, seems to pick up this new group of listeners who are also interested in what he has to say. You know, by this time, as you know, we've talked about this, by this time in Jesus' ministry, he has garnished already a busload of, of popularity. People knew him sort of as this supernatural healer. And so it's not really surprising for us that as Jesus makes his way out of Jericho, that Bartimaeus, this blind man, realizing that Jesus who he has likely heard about is now is in his vicinity Bartimaeus realizing that like maybe this is payday this is the lottery pick this is the moment I've been waiting for and hoping for and maybe even praying for he does what maybe you would have done had you been sitting in his sandals on that side of the road he begins to clamor for Jesus's attention if you look at verse 47 in your Bible, you'll see how he begins to, to cry out, we're told. Now you need to understand that the, really the context of, of from which he's crying out. It's helpful to look at, at the Bible in the Greek language. You know, many of you know that the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. And sometimes when you're looking at a story, it's really helpful to sort of, to look at, to, to parse out and deconstruct, if you will, the, the story. And if you do that in this case, and you look specifically at this word cry out, it'll jump right off the page at you. Because the Greek parsing, the Greek deconstruction of this word cry out is a middle parsing. It's a middle parsing, which suggests, and this is really important, that Bartimaeus' crying out comes from, from the depth of his being from a place deep, deep down within his own experience, sort of like a volcano that erupts from the bowels of the earth, Bartimaeus, son of uh, Timaeus, begins to cry out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Friends, what I want you to understand is that this man's plea is no casual request. But rather, Bartimaeus' son of Timaeus' plea, his cry comes from this deep, deep deep-seated experience. You know, I don't think it's a stretch for us to assume that Bartimaeus had likely been blind his whole life. And so consequently, I don't think it's a stretch for us to assume that he had probably thought about what would life be like if I could see. How different would my world look like if I had my eyesight. You know, church, if, if you were a blind beggar and Jesus suddenly meandered into your neighborhood, how would you respond? Well, in, in this moment, Barnimaeus realizes that this is the moment he's been waiting for and consequently, he cannot let opportunity pass him by. And so as I referenced already, he did what you probably would have done had you been sitting on the side of the road begging. Bartimaeus, we're told, he begins to cry out. From the depth of his pain, from the well of his hardship, from the deep, deep deep-seated point of his guttural experience, he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Translation, Jesus, please notice me. Jesus, please touch me. Jesus, please heal me. Jesus, Jesus, please don't go. Jesus, please don't leave. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have you ever been in a place like that? Have you ever wanted something so bad that you were so desperate that you would do almost anything? Friends, I've got good news for you, and it's good news for me. It's the truth that Jesus hears my voice. Jesus hears your voice. So, what do you want from him? What would you like, Jesus? do for you. I want to invite you right now to pause wherever you might be. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And specifically, I would like you to pray for somebody in your circle who you know could use a miracle in their life. You know, maybe you know somebody who's out of work right now and and they're concerned, they got bills to pay and they're not sure what they're gonna do and they're worried. Maybe some of you know somebody who has a relative or a close friend who's in the midst of a, a health challenge right now. You know, for me, I have a cousin out in South Dakota and if you're tuning in today, I want you to know that as I pray for you and some of you know who I'm talking about, I'm gonna be praying for you now in this moment. Maybe some of you know somebody who's in a a fighting a legal challenge or you know whatever the challenge might be, will you, will you just, as they're up against the wall, will you please pray this prayer? Jesus, please hear my voice as I lift up. Close your eyes if it helps. Put your palms out in front of you if it helps. But in your heart and in your mind, take a deep breath and say, Jesus, please hear my voice as I lift up. Let them feel your presence right now, God. Wash over them with your peace. Let them know that you hear their voice. God, let them know that they're not alone. Jesus, please hear my voice right now as I lift up. Good, amen. You know, one of the things that I find interesting about this Bible story is the people we read here begin to yell at the blind man. Be quiet, some of the bystanders say. Stop making such a ruckus. You know, friends, one would think that the villagers would want this blind man to have an audience with Jesus. Yes? I mean, some would think that the the people in that village and the people in the crowd would want Bartimaeus to have his sight restored. Yes? And yet, what are we told here in in this story? We're told here that they say, be quiet, right? Right? Be quiet, verse 48. Stop making such a big show here. Your, your situation doesn't matter that much. Stay in your place, blind beggar. Your voice is not that important. Have you ever had anybody say that to you? Or perhaps worse yet, have you ever said something like that to someone else? Church, the message of this Bible story is that your voice matters. My voice matters. Jesus hears our voice. You know, I can't help wonder if, if some of you who are tuning in today are in a place that is less than ideal. You know, maybe if you were to be here in my living room with me and we were to sit down and, and you know, enjoy, enjoy a cup of coffee or a, you know, glass of juice or whatever your favorite beverage might be, and if we began to talk and sort of unpack what life was like, maybe some of you would say, Mike, right now I've kind of hit some bumps in the road. Maybe you would tell me about a story or a recent experience where you feel like you have fallen down. My question to you today is this. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? You know, are you listening to the people in your world who are telling you to be quiet? Are you listening to those voices in your various circles who are encouraging you to perhaps settle, to stop dreaming, to maybe accept sort of your place in life? Who are you listening to? You know, if you're listening to me today, I want to invite you to dare to believe this truth, that Jesus is in the life transformation business, that Jesus is in this life reshaping trade. Somebody say amen. Church, what I want you to hear today is that with Jesus in your life and with Jesus in my life, you and I are not what our mistakes want to tell us that we are. With Jesus in your life, with Jesus in my life, you and I are not what our our skeletons or the baggage or our past mistakes want to claim us to be. But rather with his help and through his authority, friends, you and I still have lots of runway ahead of us. And so I want you to pause right now again. Take a deep breath. And I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to call out to the son of David for mercy on you. And so with palms open, heart open, mind open, would you just pray this prayer? Would you just begin by saying, Jesus, please hear my voice. Jesus, please hear my voice. I want your healing touch. Jesus, I need your healing touch on my heart and your mind. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, as I start to wrap up this conversation, I want you to think about, and this is really important, I want you to think about the action that this blind man takes when he hears the news that Jesus is calling for him. In fact, look again at verse 49. It says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Verse 50, really important. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Barnabas threw aside his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. When Jesus called for Bartimaeus, how did he respond? Here in this Bible story, we are told that as Bartimaeus jumps up to meet Jesus, he does something. What does Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus do? Help me out. We are told that he throws off his coat, right? Now, what is significant about that. You ever thought about that? Well, if you were to do some research and maybe you want to, to make sure my story is true here, you would likely learn that Bible scholars sort of suggest to us that the rhythm of a a blind person in that day, let me just sort of paint a picture for you, is you would wake up with your family. Then your family members would often lead you to a place in the village where you could settle into place and sort of begin your, your day of begging. Sometimes people would be taken to the temple because that was a place where people would go to, to pray and then would have an opportunity to maybe to ask for, for some help. Other time, beggars might meet at the watering hole, right, the water well, why? Because that was a place where people would go to refresh themselves, to gain nourishment. And we also know, which we see here in this Bible story, is how beggars would go to the sort of the entrance or the exit of cities. Why? Because those were the high traffic areas. People would come and go. And so, as we read here, Bartimaeus is at sort of the entrance, or I guess it could be, also be the exit of the town of Jericho, and he is there. And once they would, he would. These beggars would arrive at their various locations, whether it was the temple or the water well, or in this case, on the side of the road. A beggar would take off his or her coat. They would lay it on the ground before them. And they would use that coat. That coat on the ground before them would sort of serve as a, uh, an offering bag, if you will, a collection plate, a place where people would drop their, their donations. Now, don't miss this. Bartimaeus' coat identified him as a beggar like a badge on a police officer's uniform or a fire truck for a firefighter. Bartimaeus' coat helped the passers-by know who he was. This man's coat was his ID badge. This man's coat represented his source of income. It was his tool for making a living. It was his foundation for security. His coat was the very thing that helped keep him alive. Are you with me? And so in church, when, when, when Jesus called Barnabas, when Jesus responded to Barnabas' voice, what did Barnabas do? The Bible says he cast his coat aside, didn't he? That doesn't sound like a very smart thing to do, does it? I mean, that doesn't sound like a super wise strategy. I mean, even before his conversation with Jesus, even before his blindness was healed, what was Bartimaeus illustrating? Jesus called it out, didn't he? Bartimaeus was showcasing his his faith. And by casting aside his crutch, Bartimaeus was stepping into a new reality. Now, all eyes on me. I don't know who this message is for today, but as I've been impressing myself into this dialogue between Jesus and Bartimaeus, God has just really impressed upon my heart that this message is for you. And the words that Jesus wants you to hear today, wherever you might be, is that Jesus hears your voice. Jesus is hearing your call. Church, I want to invite you to think about this question. What do you lean upon for your security? What are you holding on to that might actually be holding you back? Throw it away. Cast it aside. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is inviting you to step into a new reality. Will you take that step of faith? Jesus has heard your voice. He has heard your cry. And now he's calling you right to him. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? In closing, let me suggest two options two applications. The first is this, application number one. For those of you who have yet to give your heart to Jesus, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and be the Lord of your life, then I invite you to pray with me right now this prayer. So if you want to open your palms, you can. If you want to open your eyes or close your eyes, you can. But pray this prayer right now. Just say, Jesus Dear Jesus, thank you for hearing my voice. And thank you for loving me. And thank you for calling me. Jesus, I don't want to be blind anymore. And so today, Jesus, I am choosing you. I am choosing to trust and follow you. Amen. Welcome to the family. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Well done. Application number two. For those of you who would call yourself a Christian, for those of you who are already believers, I wonder if there's a chance that maybe Jesus is inviting you and me to repent. You know, I wonder if any of you are guilty of being a little bit like these villagers in this story who yelled at Bartimaeus to try to silence his voice. You know, as you've been watching sort of the storyline of our nation's hurting unfail itself across the various social media outlets, have you found yourself this past week at all yelling at the TV? Yelling at those protesters? You know, have you been critical of those people who have taken their voice to the street? Have you been critical of our leadership? Have you been judgmental in your heart? Have you heard yourself speak out against? You fill in the blank. Friends, why is it so easy for us to throw stones You know, I don't have enough time to unpack this idea today, but I think that in this story, there's an invitation for all of us to repent. I mean, ask yourself the question, where in my life do I see the villagers' response toward Bartimaeus? Where in my attitude do I I find myself being critical of those, maybe even a little self-righteous of those who are trying to make a difference? So I invite you to pray this final prayer with me. Jesus, please forgive me for my self-righteous attitude. And Jesus, please help me to be an advocate for for those who are crying out. Father, our nation is hurting. And as I watch the, the, the images of our of people streaming out like ants across our city streets. It's obvious to me that our nation needs your healing touch. God, I need your healing touch. So Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, pour out your spirit upon our land. Holy Spirit, unleash a wave of healing and, and miraculous just restoration in people's hearts. Jesus, give us give us the strategy to listen and to care, and to hold back our judgment, and to love like you loved. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Amen. You know, I want to just thank you for listening again this weekend. Thank you to those of you who have been able to financially support this digital ministry. There's been a big learning curve for us. There still is. But, you know, if you like it, if you've enjoyed this this, this broadcast, I encourage you to just kind of share it with a friend you know uh, I, if you have a prayer request as I, I I say every week please you know use the the app on our on our Palm Harvest app to send me a prayer request I want to hear from you I want to pray with you or send me an email to prayer an email to prayer at palmharvest.com prayer at palmharvest.com it'll get to me and then I promise you I will join you on your new reality your next step Journey Thanks again for listening. God bless you. I'll see you next week.